You're listening to In Focus by MarketScale, a podcast by video professionals for video professionals, putting in focus the topics, teachers, and tips guiding today's video industry. With your host, MarketScale's Senior Director of Video Production, Josh Brummett. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of In Focus. Uh, today with me, I have some very special guests from very own market scale, and that is Michael Boyer and Alex LeBlanc. Hey guys, how are you guys doing today? Hey, doing well, Josh. Doing good. Awesome. Michael and Alex recently graduated from college just about a year ago, and we hired them here at market scale right where they're doing with college. And uh, I think that they have a really good insight of, uh, especially right now with COVID and people really trying to look for jobs. I mean, there's a lot of people, especially in the creative industry, looking for jobs. And uh, they were able to secure a job, you know, right after college. And at market scale, we're pretty, we're pretty strict on who we hire, and uh, not, we're not say strict, but we really make sure that we hired only the best talent. And um, and I saw a lot in Michael and Alex, and uh, and they've been really great employees. So I want them to talk about today about you know that that debate whether is it necessary to go to college for video production? One, how to build a, you know, that's the first point. Two you know, how to build a really strong portfolio and market yourself when looking for a job. And then three, you know, what is a good job for being out of school? And how do you get a career that allow you to grow and hone your skills? So first off, uh, guys, how are you guys doing? Doing really well, Josh. How are you? Doing good. So tell me first off, how did you guys get into video? I know everybody kind of has their own story. I want to hear it from you guys. So for myself, um, I never wanted to do video, actually. Um, I was interested in photography. And I remember I was in college and I was sitting in a giant lecture hall and a guy came in to talk about basically digital media. Um, and I was like, oh, this is really cool. And then it kind of became one of those things where I was like, wow, video is a really cool storytelling medium. Um, and then I was there in college for journalism and found that I could basically get a degree in uh, visual storytelling. So that's really what kind of sold it for me as I saw how powerful it was and kind of had like a direct avenue um, to where I could go with it. How about for you, Alex? Well, mine's a lot like what Michael said, uh, except I started out in a master program, like a five-year master program at Texas Tech for mechanical engineering. And about a year into it, I realized that while it's not something I struggled with. I just didn't want to do that. I wanted to be more creative. So I talked with advisors and they sent me over to our College of Media Communications. And that's where I learned about journalism, photography, and video. But I started out with photography because that's where I saw my skill set. And it was after uh, one of our professors, he runs the sports broadcast uh, team at Texas Tech. He came in and did his whole pitch about why it's great to start working early and start doing all these things while you're still a student. So I joined up with him not knowing anything about broadcasting, not knowing anything about video, just knowing how to tell a story through a photo. And it was through that that I really fell in love with sports broadcasting. And then after that, I just fell in love with storytelling through video itself. And it just kind of spiraled from there. That's awesome. I, I, I'm kind of the same way. You know, I, you know, like a lot of people I've met, you know, grew up doing videos on skateboarding and whatnot. And I just took a class in, in high school. You know, I was taking engineering classes for like college engineering, like, you know, my junior, senior year of, of high school to kind of get prepared for engineering. 
and I took a video class and I was like, dang, this is so fun. And I just, I, I got, I was addicted at that point. I wanted to tell more stories and I wanted to learn how to do it, you know, correctly. And I wanted to learn how to do it, you know, with a lot of emotion and, and, and intention behind it. And I've been hooked ever since. So, you know, there's always that debate, you know, I, I also went, I went to an art school. I didn't really go to a traditional four-year college and I, you know, did a lot of film school type, type work in there. And there's always been that debate whether or not, you know, is, is college really necessary if you're going into the video production field and uh, whether or not you're doing, you know, more documentary style or you're doing more corporate commercial or even filmmaking. So what is, what is y'all's take on it? You've been, you've been outside college for a year. Do you need to go to college for video production? It's kind of like a double-sided sword. So much about video production without ever having to step foot inside of a university lecture hall or anything like that. I mean, there are so many resources like, available to learning video production, to learning storytelling, to learn how to operate a camera and edit a great video. But what you don't get outside of school and not going to school is you don't get the connections that you build while attending a university or going to community college or going to an art school. It's those connections that you meet, like the people you meet there will teach you so many things about your field and they'll help introduce you to the right people that you might learn how to edit a great video on your own or how to shoot a great video outside of going to school, but it's everything else that comes with it, everything that you need to build like build your portfolio later on, how to build a great video and improve on your skills, that is what you learn while you're in school. Not how to do it, but how to hone in on what you are best at and improve upon that. You know, I'm kind of the same way. While in class, I didn't learn a lot about filmmaking. Like I would say that the most thing that I, the things that I was able to do more of is having these peers next to me that all had certain strengths. There were people that were, better producers than me. There are better filmmakers than me. There are better editors. And I was not really the best. I was pretty well-rounded, but, you know, working with these individuals, I mean, every project is kind of a group project. You can't just do everything on your own for the most part. And um, I learned how to do all these different things better by surrounding myself with people that were better than me. And not only that, having that network connection later on down the road. I mean, there are still people I'm in communication with. There are still people I use in my own network, you know, even though I've been out of school for almost 10 years now. And um, having that connection really did, did a big difference. I will say that going out and shooting and just doing projects was the thing that did the most. It wasn't so much what I learned in the classroom. It wasn't so much, you know, what a professor taught me, but it gave me that it forced me to go out in these environments and learn to shoot a short film to work with a group and just to produce things. And as long as you're producing things, then that's what makes you better as a filmmaker. You learn things, you learn what works, you'll, you learn what doesn't. But I will say that having that connection and having that kind of environment where you're there to learn, you're there to shoot, you know, every week it, it seems um, really is what made me good. So I, I do recommend it in some ways. Um, but I think that as long as you're getting those two things, that network connection and working with people around you and uh, and just going out and shooting, then I do think you can still learn some of those same skill sets. It just depends on, <laughs> do you have that ability to get all that and surround yourself in that constantly? This is something I think about a lot because I have a lot of friends um, back home, for example, who never went to college and ended up perfectly successful in various other things. So. I'm not necessarily one that thinks that college is for everyone, 
but I think, um, especially in terms of video production, I definitely agree with the both of you that those connections are priceless. Um, one of the things I think, though, is when you go to college for a creative field like this, sometimes that schooling or that instruction, the value for it for me, I think, was a lot of like direction in the sense of obviously they were teaching things and I was learning and gaining skills and things like that but they taught me what to learn. Um, if I hadn't gone to school, it would have been a lot of just figuring that out on my own and being like, okay, should I learn this? Should I dabble in this? Should I gain skills in a different area? And going to classes on it and like speaking to professors and experts and things like that, I think it's to show you um, or paint that roadmap for what you should be learning and what's most important. That's a really good way to put it. And, you know, for those people that decide to not go to school, what do you think is the best way to learn? I think it's a learn by doing thing. Um, I mean, you look at uh, like Daniel Schiffer or like Peter McKinnon, um, just two YouTube uh, phenomenons who are extremely successful. Um, I think Daniel Schiffer may have gotten some arts degree, but like he, the guys, I think maybe younger than I am and producing commercials for major companies. I mean, he's extremely successful and talented, and I don't think the majority of that came from schooling. Um, the distinction I make there, though, is that you see all of this and it's this it's the jobs and microsoft scenario as well like you see all these great things what you don't see are the failures you see the success stories but you don't see all the people who thought i don't want to go to college and then never made something out of it um so i think there's a big kind of divide there yeah and uh, you know back to that point you know when you look at these youtube videos i mean still to this day i, I i'm in youtube watching these people that are better than me and how they decide to do things and Sometimes it's about watching these, this content and saying, hey, can I try to replicate this? And then getting out there with a camera and trying to replicate it yourself. And there's plenty of videos out there where it's just a single guy with like a couple lights. He's able to produce something really good. And um, going out there, with, whether it's by yourself or with a group, to just trying to get things going and, and to learn do, new things and to say, all right, this is what I want to get better at today. And watching a video over color, color theory and, and coloring your footage and then you know, practicing it and doing it. And then eventually you start to get better and better. And as you're walking through the whole process of video, you start to really build up those strengths. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with both of you. Uh, one thing I would add is, so whenever you're kind of like this, like the, like what Michael was talking about with failure and you just see success, you don't see the failure, but especially when you're trying to learn something I you know, just improve upon what you know and learn something. I like to look at it as, you know, dream big. If you have an idea, don't be like, oh, no, I can't do that because I don't know how. No, no. Dream big. Create the idea to its fullest and then just go after it. So if you have an idea for a video and you start out kind of small, just build upon it in crazy ways. And even if you get like all your friends together, you get a whole team, you get a sound engineer and all these other people to go out there and help you and you go and do it and you fall terribly short, you're still going to learn something so much more valuable than if you had just gone after that little tiny vision that you started with. So I, I totally agree with you. You know, being able to, to, just dream big and try to push yourself. I mean, if you're just going to go out and shoot some trees and edit together a little montage of some trees, like, are you really pushing yourself? 
But if you have something that's huge in your mind and you really have this big picture in your head and you shoot for it and you edit it and you go back and reshoot again because it didn't work and you try new things and try to try to do the biggest thing you can, I, I think that is one of the greatest ways to, to work because you're going to fail a little bit and you're going to learn from your failures and you're going to be able to improve upon yourself and the skill sets in order to eventually, hopefully, you know, achieve the, that, that big picture you had in your mind. Exactly. And for each little part that you fail on and you're going to look at it and you're going to say, okay, how do I do this better? You're going to, then you're going to go online. You're going to look at people like Daniel Schiffer and you're going to see how they do some of their things. You're going to try and you're going to take things and ideas and ways of shooting, filming and editing from other people. You're going to start adapting it into what you're doing and you're going to learn from that. You're going to learn how to do these different things. And the next thing you know, you might go out and try and do that big idea again, and you might you might film, edit, and produce a full, well-rounded video that is exactly what you imagined. And you would have only been able to do that if you failed and then had gone back and tried again. And that brings me to another point, you know, when you're building these pieces is whenever you're, you are working, especially in school, is you want to start building a portfolio, you know, and, you know, whenever you're building these awesome pieces and you're putting the time and resources into it, you want to be able to show it off and use it to your advantage. And I think sometimes a lot of people, especially like students, don't really do that well enough. They're not thinking about the end result of, hey, while I do have fun doing this, I also, you know, want to make a living off this. And I think there's always a disconnect where people kind of forget that it is possible to make a living off video and have fun with it. And if you want to make a career out of it, you got to be able to set yourself up for success. And probably the most way, the biggest way to give yourself success and getting a job and being able to make money off what you do is building a really strong portfolio. And and when I'm hiring talent, you know, for market scale and hiring videographers and editors and whatnot, the resume is important. But honestly, the very first thing I do is I go to that portfolio website and I say, how does this person market themselves? How does this person want to show off their work? And and that's really where I go from. And I kind of want to hear from you guys. You guys both had really strong portfolios. You know, what, what do you think makes a good portfolio? I think having one that is uh, directed towards a specific thing. So I think anyone can take a library of work and put it together, put it in a library, put it in a portfolio. Um, but I think really knowing what you're looking for and what you're marketing yourself for, um, you know, it's the same thing with a resume. For example, a lot of people have say a generic resume that could go to any job. And then you may have a resume that is tailored for a specific position. And I think a portfolio website should really be no different. I think it's really a matter of figuring out exactly what skills you want to highlight for a specific um, job or work area or something like that. Um, and then just really figuring out how your portfolio and your examples show off those skills. I totally agree. I mean, if you want to go into narrative film, then have strong samples that show your narrative film, maybe have one corporate, one commercial or, you know, things like that. But you know, I think that sometimes when people are applying for a more commercial corporate job and that all I see is short film content, then I'm like, I really would like to see just how you do a simple interview B-roll cut. Like, I want to see if you're able to do it. 
but also not only just can you do it, but are you interested in it? If all you showed me is is narrative and short films, in my head, I'm like, is this person really actually want to do corporate commercial work or are they just doing this because it's the only thing available? And and I think that that's kind of doing a, a dis, an injustice against someone, you know, when you're hiring someone that's not really... It maybe it's it's definitely a double sided sword. I know people need jobs, but it's also like, am I doing you a disservice by hiring you when you, when I know this is not what you want? And sometimes when you take a job that's not really the right fit for you or what you want to do, you kind of get stuck in that, and you, you kind of people get. I've done it before. I've taken a job that wasn't a right fit for me. I just wanted to do work, and it was miserable for a long time, and it it kind of made me worse in my craft because I wasn't honing my skills and what I want to do. And it kind of wasted a little bit of time for me. And though I made some money, I think if I would have waited another, you know, three to four weeks doing something a little bit easier or just getting a little bit more time in there, I could have waited for the right thing to land. And I think that having that direction is what matters. And, uh, you know, you got to make sure that you're putting videos out there that you think the employers want to see. I mean, just your kind of goofy project th that doesn't really show your skill set. While I might show your personality, you know, is this really showing what I can do off to people? And I think that's really something else important you have to see is having the right type of videos on your portfolio website. Exactly. Um, there's one, like when I was in school, I had a professor who told me, if you're going to do something, you're going to put your, you need to be able to say, I want my name behind this. And... I, when I was building my portfolio as I was finishing up school, I looked at it as whenever I, an employer clicks on my portfolio link that I give them and they and then it opens up to my portfolio, what do I want them to see? And the first thing that I put on there was the most creative piece I had ever made. And it happened to be a one minute video that was about me and my friends graduating. And the reason that I put it on that was because it wasn't directed towards, it really wasn't directed towards anything. It was just me and my friends having fun, but I pushed the limits of what I could do creatively on that video. I rented out, a, like me, me and my friends rented out a bunch of lighting equipment. We got really creative with the coloring we were using in the video before we even edited. So we had colored lighting, we were using gels. Um, Whenever we were in there, we even rented it. We even got a fog machine just to make it look cool and hazy. It was at that time the most creative thing I had done, and I wanted any employer that saw my portfolio to know first and foremost I'm a creative person, and I'm and I push the bounds of what I can do on every video, and then after that it went from there it showed all those different categories it showed a corporate style video it showed a short film style video it showed travel documentary it just went on from there but the way i marketed myself on my portfolio wasn't based off of my categories and i totally understand with um you know if you're going to apply for a job you want them to know that you can do that which is why you want to make sure those categories are in there. But the way I did it was I just put it a very strong front of I'm just creative and I let it go from there. 
And marketing yourself is is really the biggest thing. Is how do you how do you want people to know you? I mean, it's not all just about having good work, but it's also about sh- having your personality shine through, and um, about people understanding who you are as a person, what you want to do, and the work you can put out there. And uh, and I think that you know, Michael, I think you did a good job of that too. You know how how and I know people that aren't really used to this. You know, for us, we deal with marketing every day, but you know, how does it? How do people best market themselves? So I think number one, the first thing that comes to mind is marketing yourself or a company or anything uh, is telling a story. So I actually, I liked what Alex said about the first thing he put on his website was that video because he wanted to show that he was creative. I think that tells a story as well. So I think telling a story out of yourself, out of your resume, out of your portfolio website, I think that's the most important thing. Um, you know, you mentioned how, if you wanted to go into narrative storytelling and things like that, you should have examples of that, um, and things there. And I know for my own website, it was the same thing. So I really wanted to highlight, for example, that I could do multiple different styles of video. Um, but then drone videography was a big thing for me as well. So I knew that that was something that set me apart from most other people my age at the time. And so I wanted to highlight that so that when an employer or a hiring manager saw my resume or saw more, saw my portfolio, they had at least one thing that would make them set it aside in the maybe I'll go back to this pile or the next round pile or whatever, if that makes sense. So I think it's a matter of, like I said, telling that story about yourself um, and then showing you have to give that hiring manager a reason uh, to give your resume another look. And so I think finding that reason and stressing it is extremely important. Totally agree. And I think, you know, on the other side of that, not just a portfolio, but having a well-designed resume makes such a world of difference. And let me tell you something I found out way down the road is you can pay five, 10 bucks and get a very cool custom like resume template online you know, they have like well-designed template, like resume templates so you can download on like, like, I don't know, what is it? Uh, like Envato or whatnot. And they're cheap and they look really cool. And and I'll tell you, some of the people that I caught my attention was resumes that just looked a little different, that were well-designed, that looked sharp. They had their, you know, they kind of marketed themselves as their own, you know, their own logo and things like that. And that's even something if you have a graphic design friend or a photography vendor, something like that, you know, have them take a photo of you, have them help design a little logo for you, you know, use your creative resources and your network to your advantage to help people to have people that are better than you help market you and then get their opinion and say, you know, how does this look? What do you think about this? And use other creatives. And you'll, I guarantee you when you do things like that, you're going to catch people's attention and you're going to be able to land you know, whether you're wanting to do freelance and land really awesome gigs or you're wanting to get a full-time job and land a dream job. I mean, there's, there's so many ways to do that. And that kind of brings us to our next and last topic is, is, is landing yourself that job, you know, landing yourself gigs that pay the bills that, that help you get better and that you actually really enjoy. And, uh, you know, whether you're doing full-time or freelance doing jobs, especially right out of school, is so important. And because that is, you know, when I, I will say that going through college and doing all these films, you know, made me good, but working that first year of working full-time at a company is what made me great. 
I learned so much more in that probably first six months of working at a company that I did in my three to four years of college, you know, and uh, you, you, it's amazing you look back because when you're editing and shooting, you know, edit every day and you're working with surrounding yourself with people that are better than you, that are talented individuals, you'll look back and realize that you've gotten worlds of difference ahead in terms of your skills and, and, and what it means to be a filmmaker and, and video producer or even journalism. And, um, and that would be probably my first thing is to be open to try new things. You might be like, I am totally down to do narrative and do short films, but you'll be surprised about other things could, could actually be very exciting. And, and I think, you know, you want to make sure and choose the direction you want, but at least just be open to try new things. Um, and, and I think that that might even come to you guys. I'm sure you guys <laughs> you didn't really know exactly what you wanted, but you were down to try new things. And that kind of, that kind of worked out for you guys. Within a week of graduating and moving back to Dallas, I had no idea where I was going to go with everything that I learned in school and the passion I had for video. I had no idea where I was going, but through contacts, I reached out to a local director in the DFW area, and for two months straight, I was his PA, uh, his production assistant, on multiple sets with him. We did some very weird, funny videos for product, uh, for construction companies where it involved a big 300-pound man in a bathtub to doing like online learning style videos for corporate America in a studio about traveling. Like the most random things I would have ever thought of and this is something that this guy was doing every day. And I just, right off the bat, I just started doing gigs with him and for a month and a half, every single thing I did with him, I did it for free labor. I didn't get paid for any of it, but I did all of it simply because I was trying to meet as many people as I could, build my network, and at least build a name for myself in any way that I could. And it was through him that I heard about you know, videographers working for a marketing company and he told me a name of a company in Dallas, and I had never heard of it. I looked them up online, and I found an application, and I applied. And a few weeks later, I had a job with MarketScale. So it's through weird and unusual connections and experiences that you're going to build yourself, you're going to build your knowledge, and you're going to build a network. And through that network, you may just land a job. I can't believe you did that for a whole, like over a month for free, man. <laughs> It was the strangest thing, and I'm not going to lie. My entire family said, why are you not asking for money? Why are you not saying to yourself, I'm a prof I'm, I'm graduate. I have a degree. I can call myself a professional, and I can put down that I need at least 300 a day, and that's a cheap rate. And it wasn't until I did a video in a studio with him for an internal – I can't say the name of the company, but for an internal marketing piece – and he said, hey, I'm going to pay you for this gig. And I said, okay, cool. I just never asked. And he asked me why. And I said it was because I was getting paid by, through the experience and the, the network that I was building. You know, and, and it's good. Like, you need to do those things. And I think that maybe what if you went into there immediately and said, I don't want to rate, and you didn't get that experience. And I think that it made you better and allowed you to get more connections. And um, ultimately help you land another job. And I think that that's good. I, I will say that free internships and things like that, just as a 
totally different subject. I think it's a little, little shysty. <laughs> and I, oh, and I and it's, it's something I hope the industry slowly changes to because even people in college, and I know you may not be the best help. And, you know, I know there's not always the most you can do, but man, if you're working, there should be at least some type of rate. And so I don't know, I, I encourage people to try to, I think there's a lot of jobs out there that will pay you and they'll, you can do work and whatnot. But I think that if, if it's a, if it's a place that is going to do a free internship and you do it for a few months and then that's it and that they don't give anything else, I would really encourage you to look elsewhere and look for other opportunities because if they don't value enough to pay you, then they don't really value enough at all. And I think that, um, I don't know. I kind of encourage people to look for other things. I, that's just something I've kind of seen in the industry a lot and I've been kind of more passionate about, but anyway, back to what we were talking about, uh, you know, finding a job that'll, that'll challenge you is probably one of the most important things I could say. You know, there's a lot of, I, I remember when I was first out of college, I got a job offer for this company and what it was, was it was basically like, it was like a film. It was like kind of like a, like a, film school but for things like after hours for like high school students and they needed like people to help teach kids and like help them run their cameras and stuff and while that is kind of cool it was terrible pay but what they explained was is i'm not really shooting and editing i'm just showing kids how to shoot and edit and honestly what i really want to do is i wanted to use my skill set i wanted to use it to shoot videos i wanted to use it to edit videos and 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 I wasn't actually going to be doing it. I was just going to be teaching people what I already knew. And that to me was a little bit sad because I wanted to get better at it. I wanted to shoot. I wanted to edit. And I wanted to be around people that were better than me. So I think finding a job that will help challenge you and help you get better is very important. And uh, and I think there's a lot of jobs out there where you're the only person there. You're the only videographer there. And, and kind of that means that what you're doing is going to be a lot slower on how you develop your skills. So I think that, that is something that if you if it's a, a possibility, I totally recommend you the shoot for it because being around people and having people that have been doing it for a while are going to allow you to exponentially grow. And and um, I, I don't know. What do you guys think about that? So I've been the sole videographer at a company before, and I think there's something to be said about that experience. Um, I've learned a lot, but um I think having something that pushes you and makes you grow is, is really it. Whenever I was looking at this job, I was trying to decide between this one and another one. And the other place, um, I think would have been great. I think they had cool content, um, and things like that, but it was basically put to me as it was going to be like me and one other guy and like a motion graphics designer, uh, working on all the stuff. Um, and then I saw market scales content and I remember the first time I landed on our page and saw one of the first videos that's up there. And I was like, man, I don't know that I could create something like that. Um, and was pretty intimidated by it. But that was part of what made me choose this place. Because I was like, well, if I go somewhere that I'm intimidated by their content, the only way to go is up. So they're going to teach me how to make that content um, and help me grow the skills that I already have. Uh, to be at that level. And that's the level that I wanted to be at. Um, to your point, Josh, earlier about, you know, like that first job teaches you so much. Absolutely. I learned more and grew more skills and upped my um, creativity 
in the first six months of working here than I did all of college. And it's because exactly that, like you have to have somebody else to push you or maybe just show you how to do things better. And that is probably has to be one of the number one things to look for uh, when maybe just picking between jobs. Yeah. With like on all the line of what Michael just said about, being a sole videographer at, for a company or working with a team, uh, like I've been in that same boat. I was an intern and very underpaid, but luckily paid intern. And I was the only videographer. There was no one above me. There was no director of photography. It was just me making content for a college. And I had no idea what I was doing. And in the year that I worked there, I probably learned the same amount of information as in the first week working at market scale. And it was because it was just me. There was no one there to push me. There was no one there to inspire me. There was nothing. And even like the first day that I was at market scale, I watched one video and that one video told me everything that I needed to know. And it was, this is the place that I need to be because there was enough people around me to help push me to my limits and then from there find new limits boom all right and that's what i think probably the last point to make is you know while you want to get a job i understand it like it is tough and the, t- the market's tough out there do what you can to be patient and make sure and apply and find those right jobs for you you know if if say there's a hundred jobs out there that you could apply to Try to narrow it down and make sure you're applying to the to like the 50 or the 30 that really will be best for you. And try to be patient and try to get that one that will be right. And I think that, well, you know, you want to get a job, you want to make money, you want to start getting things going as soon as possible. Do what you can and obviously, you know, get a job, do what you can, but really make sure that you're patient and really wait for that one that's going to be best. And I guarantee you, it's going to be an exponentially payoff. You're going to be able to grow so much faster. You're going to be able to enjoy it for longer. And it's really going to be worth it in the end if you can wait that little extra longer. And um, if you've kind of followed those tips and you have a strong portfolio site, you've marketed your, marketed yourself well, our guarantee will stay, you'll stand out from 90% of the competition out there because as someone that's hired quite a few people, it is unbelievable how many people won't include a portfolio link to their in their resume or their application. You'll be surprised at how many people have a bland resume with typos and, 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 and missing information. You'll be surprised at how many people don't really know what they want and that shows in their interview. And so, you know, be confident and uh, know what you want and, and then I guarantee you'll make it happen. Well, guys, anything else to include in on that? No, I think this was a lot of fun. Um, I think this topic is important. I mean, I don't want to speak for Alex, but I think he would agree, you know, it's hard. Um, getting that first job out of college is hard. Negotiating a salary is hard. And I think it's easy to think or easy to forget that like people coming straight out of college, we don't know what we're doing. We've never done these things before. If we have, it was at a much smaller level. So I don't know. I thank you for having us on, but I really just, I think this topic topic is extremely important. Yeah. And, and right now, like, you know, I know there's a lot more unemployment in, in, because of COVID and, and video is one of those, sadly, one of those things that aren't really that essential, you know, for maybe media and broadcast or some essential essentiality there. But for marketing, it's tough. And I know a lot of people, a lot of videographers, and a lot of people that in my network that, that, you know, lost their jobs or got laid off temporarily. 
And so there's a lot of competition out there, and it's very important to stay on top of that and to uh, know that it is going to bounce back and, and to make sure and branch out and, and be have a lot of different skill sets in, in the media industry that allow you to to look, you know, learning how to do remote recording and things like that will help you stand out. But, um, but guys, thank you so much for hopping on. I think it's really insightful, and I think this is going to be really important, especially for people that are, you know, trying to graduate and – they're graduating and in just a, about a month from now and during the middle of this pandemic still. And I think it's going to be very useful for them. So thank you guys for your time and thanks for hopping on. Thanks, Josh. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for joining in on this episode of In Focus, and uh, we'll see you next time. <laughs>